Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 74, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or even if you're a new listener and really dig it, please subscribe, leave a review, rate it, do all the things that you're supposed to do to let people know that you like this podcast and you want others to hear it as well. Today I'm joined by Chris Booth, who is a filmmaker who was one-third of the directors on a film that came out recently called Ordinary Days, as well as a film that came out several years ago called At Home By Myself With You. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch New York, New York. I'm Jeremy. I have seen the film. Uh, I'm Chris, and I have not seen the film. And you're just asking me when the last time is I saw it? Yeah. Uh, probably when I bought this Scorsese box set <laughs> that it came in, okay. which would have been sometime in the, in 90s? the early, no, no, no. It would have been in the early 2000s, I think, when this big set came out. Okay. Uh, it definitely wasn't one of the first. I think, I think it's one of the, the Scorsese movies that people don't necessarily think of. No, um, exactly. Yeah. That's, right? Yeah. It's kind of a deep cut and deep track. Of his, it's a musical. Do you know it's a musical? Yeah, I knew it okay. was a musical. Yeah, I should. Oh, and I, good because otherwise I would be sad. <laughs> friend, oh been, shit, that would have been a great thing for you to discover <laughs> while you're watching. Yeah, you totally ruined it for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what do you know about it? I don't. I don't. I know. Um, but you knew that. I knew that. I've seen, you know, like on the AFI salute to Scorsese, you know, I've seen the shots, uh, like the, the, the big shots. I, I, I believe it's shot Technicolor. It could be. I can't remember. We could look it up. We'll know um, after. Uh, you know, um, but I don't know much. Uh, I really don't know much about it. And that's, I, I feel, you, I'm that's, that's the, the big, You don't know cast stuff or anything, right? No, no. Like, I I want to think uh, De Niro, but maybe I'm thinking uh, De Niro. Like that's uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, you're hiding. I'm not going to show you. I'm not going to show you. Um, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things. That, you know, you go through film school, and uh, you know you you love Scorsese and Kubrick, and Spielberg. Spielberg's my guy, uh, and like all of the, the you know my friends, we used to call call them the Beard Boys, right? Like the oh yeah yeah. So, uh, but there's those, uh, there are those, you know, movies from Scorsese that I just I didn't just, watch. Yeah. Well, this is the one people think of because when they think of Scorsese, they think of like hard crime movies. They think of Goodfellas mean Streets. and Mean Streets yeah. and Taxi Driver and, and, and movies like that where this is, and what's interesting about, um, Scorsese, if you know about him as kind of like, he's a, he's a bit of a, a film historian himself mm. and uh, I just did his master class. That, oh, cool. uh, yeah. which is really great and and but even before that I, I had read so many interviews with him and all these things and you know that he is you know one of his favorite movies is uh, the, a movie called The Red Shoes mm-hmm. which is a big ballet movie you know like he he loves movies like that and so it's really interesting to see I think this is one of those movies that surprises a lot of people that it's in his filmography but it's also I think this movie speaks to his influences more than most of his movies Oh, interesting. Uh, in, in that regard. 
Cool. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, but so, but I mean, but I think that's why a lot of people haven't seen it because it doesn't fit that typical the gangster Scorsese or no. And there's a couple like that. It's like there's also Alice doesn't live here anymore, mm-hmm. which is just like a family drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Kundun Kundun I wish say it wrong no well, whatever I mean that's a, I love that movie yeah but there's a whole bunch that people just don't they don't fit into what they think of as uh, Scorsese mm-hmm. so uh, alright well let's not say too much more because there'll be lots to talk about after okay alright sure sure let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat okay we just finished Yes, it was. Yes, we did. <laughs> I warned you it was long when you came over. Yeah, I had no idea. It's close to what? Yeah, no, it's just under three hours. Under three hours. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a long movie. That was awesome. Yeah, and it's interesting as I think we we noticed as we were watching it that um, the parallels between it and like La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, especially yeah. the ending. Especially yeah, the yeah, yeah. And and and. Uh, and this is just, I mean, the nature of movies in general of that era and this era. You know, uh, this movie does a lot of things that La La Land does, but it takes about twice as long <laughs> to, to, get, to, get to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, go ahead, you start. You start. What, what? Well, I don't know where to start. It was... Um I don't know. I mean, I guess you've seen this movie before. Yeah, but the, I've only saw it once. So this is the the second time I've seen it. And the first time I saw it was at least 10 years ago. Right. So, so this, I came at it, I remembered a little, couple little things, but I couldn't remember the ending. I couldn't remember a lot of things. Right. So it was kind of like watching it for the first time again. Right. To right. some extent. I yeah. didn't have a great memory for it. It was, um, uh, it was kind of hard to watch in places, just because I mean, like, just the 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 way that the characters, you know, what we were talking about, like we were talking about before, uh, like at the beginning, he's it's almost like a bona fide uh, stalker. No, he is a stalker. <laughs> yeah. He's stalking her. He's uh, yeah, and it's interesting, and, and it's it's such a bizarre choice too, because it's you know it's definitely a, a product of his time. Yeah, because you think about. What came just before this in um, both for De Niro, although he's doing more than just working with Scorsese at that time. But just before this, he um, did Taxi Driver, which he played a crazy stalker, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and now he's doing this lighthearted version of it. He's going from Travis Bickle to who's a sociopath. Uh, or a psychopath, I'm not sure which which label you give him, but he's one of them. Yeah. Uh, to jo- Jimmy Doyle, who is supposed to be a charming rogue. You know, he's certainly charming. I mean, it, it was, I mean, just the, the visual differences between I mean those two movies. What 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 are the do you know the years between the two? Not my, like two years. Two maybe. years maybe. Uh, but yeah, it was I mean, the thing Scorsese did next. This was definitely, I mean, the the thing that caught me the most because, it's, um, you know, I really love like the earlier Scorsese and, and also the you know the Goodfellas and yeah the Aviator. I love the Aviator, um, but like this one was really 
you know, it had that it, like proscenium arch feel to it, particularly the first half of the movie before, you know, the characters started, uh, you know, spending time in hotel rooms where you, you almost had to, you know, shoot, the, shoot more close-ups. The entire, you know, first half of the movie was wide shots. And even when you had, you had, um, uh, close-ups between characters talking, it was always, um, you, you know, uh, left side of the frame, but you still have people in the background. Right? Yeah, it's all. It's this whole film is shot on wide-angle lenses. Yeah, I, I assume. Yeah, there's so much detail in the frame. Yeah, oh, we were just talking about the opening scene in that in that ballroom. You know, there's hundreds of extras, hundreds, and they're all dancing. They're all dressed. It's insane. And it's and the choreography in the back, like in the back back, uh, like it's so it, it, like just like. The, what happens in the frame where you have you know the foreground everything's happening but then people are dancing in other directions in the midground and in opposites to that in the background just to all to just to really fill everything it's just absolutely um, and it'd and be crazy <laughs> to, to choreograph that and to watch it and, and you made a comments uh, as we were watching about. You know, because it, it's this the camera's just roaming around all over the place, especially yeah. in these musical sequences. But there's a couple moves in there where you were even saying that you feel like the background or extras had to be ducking, probably running out of the way as the camera's coming through where they were moments before. Yeah, well, I can only imagine, like, because you start you start in the back of the hall where there's extras dancing to the band on the uh, on stage and you travel over it but it's not just like an establishing shot into a kind of like a mid shot it goes into a close up shot then whip pan uh, to to a new instrument then to an, uh, and then yeah. whip to the left to a to a new instrument and then the, the you could tell well, that the crane would go around I wondered if some of those weren't done on stages and they built a rig from scaffolding the ceiling mm. to move the camera through, so you didn't have to have it going through Interesting. the crowd. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I yeah. don't know the nature of just some of these these scenes and and locations are so big that you feel like they've got to be studio. Well, some of them, like we even commented, there's these weird moments. There's that one scene in in particular when he first goes to join her on the road. And then wants to talk outside, and they're in the middle of what's clearly a set. Mm. You know, the trees in the, the background. Trees in the background. Yeah. There's a couple of trees, Easy. and then suddenly they're very flat and and, and one dimensional. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't feel like that's an artistic choice. It doesn't feel like he's trying to be theatrical at that point. It just feels like bad production design. In a way, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it kind of I, like I was wondering. It's like they ran out of money at that point. <laughs> well, I was also yeah, well, I was wondering because like scenes before when they're in the club, there was you know De Niro comes walking through and starts talking to people. The backdrop is of the cityscape, and I kept thinking it's like that's that's the design of the the restaurant that they're in. That has to be. That's not supposed to be a real cityscape, but or is it? And then we got to later on those trees, and I'm like maybe this is kind of like a like. I don't know a, a paper background, yeah. <laughs> kind of motif that happens through through throughout the the movie, because it really does, particularly in the first half, until you know Liza Minnelli starts going crazy on on stage and in, in at the very end, um, it, it it's very much that yeah, MGM mm-hmm. musical 
big band, you know, setups. Uh, and it kind of gets a, you know, I feel like it's a little bit more intimate, like when they go into the hotel rooms and, and they're, they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, I guess push their relationship closer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's weird. You're right. It's a different time. And no, no, just, let's get into it. I mean, it, it, but it, like, I just, I'm not sure if I buy, I like, I don't know if we want to go there, but like I was having a real problem buying their relationship, the romance, the romantic relationship. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, nowadays you have to do the, like the save the cat is what, you know, I, I tend to, I like, you know, whereas like, I don't, I don't see kind of the, the, the moments that De Niro sh- had to make me trust him. It's like he always pulled the rug out and I didn't understand. Like, I didn't even get the feeling that she was falling in love with him. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you had that. Then they were. It's almost like he wore her down. And even in that moment when, (laughs) when the taxi cab, well, let's go. That's a great scene. No, but we'll talk about that after. Uh, cause that's a whole, whole little piece, but just the, the scene when, um, she writes a poem and he reads it and she said, what do you think about the poem? And he just grabs her and they race out in the middle of the night and he, they, he forces her to marry him. Yeah. Uh, and that's how he responds to how he likes the poem. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't know if he's going to lose his mind or, or propose. And, and neither do we. And, and that's kind of, and that's part of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because at one point you have that guy and that character who is so much a product of his time and, and, and this is also, you know, a movie that's made in the seventies, making a comments on the forties. Yeah. You know, so even more he is a product of his time because, you know, there's movies that take place in the in the seventies and eighties where you have these kind of, you know, macho aggressive men, but to to have it take place even three decades earlier. Uh, the two things just kind of go together, but 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 I will say to that point, you've got Liza Minnelli's character is such a strong female role, and she's so like she's not. I, I think to your point, she's not letting him off. She's not being going easy on him. Mm-hmm. You know, she's constantly saying, "Don't fucking touch me. Don't you can't talk to me that way." Mm-hmm. You know, at never no no point do you find. Like when you look at even a movie that's coming up in Scorsese's filmography, Raging Bull, you know, there's, there's scenes again with De Niro treating women very badly mm-hmm. uh, and they take it because mm-hmm. that's the way they expect to be treated by men. Mm-hmm. Where at least in this movie, Liza Minnelli never puts up with that shit. No. And to the point, the ending is her definitively saying no. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, de- definitely. Like, I think the, the ending was... Uh, um, something that needed to happen in order to 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 prove that she learned something. That she that what I got from it at least was um, uh, like oh, you know why fuck with a good thing, <laughs> right? It's like they're 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 horrible together. They might have pushed each other in, in in kind of a creative way, but when they separated, things started going well for, for both, them, of both of them. And I think she understood that more, particularly in that last scene when there, when um, she's deciding whether to go out the door or go to the elevator, and uh, uh, and that I I love I love that that's kind of like that that cinema that I really like that I think that Scorsese and 
and Spielberg and and those people do really well, which is they, they give you that that moment, uh, and you, because of the journey that you've come, the audience has gone on, you're with the character at that very moment, and they make the decision to go because uh, that that is the the only decision that they have in life. If if yeah. she walked out that door, the whole thing would have started over again. Oh, you would have hated her. Yeah. It wouldn't have ended on that note of, well, maybe it'll work this time. Yeah, maybe they'll get together. No. Which is interesting because it's, so in some hand, you've got the same ending as La La Land, although it's exactly the opposite ending. Because La La Land... You want them to get together. Well, La La Land ends with them uh, going their separate ways, but not out of malice at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they just, it's out of mutual respect and love that things are happening for both of them and they should just see where it goes. And then it's five years later and they happened upon each other mm-hmm. and they, and you get that sense that maybe they will always wonder what would have happened. But I think that's true to life too. You know, you, you, everyone has those moments where you just wonder what if, mm-hmm. uh, would have happened if, if this changed and that changed and if you met someone at a different point in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the, so the, where this one just is the exact opposite. You've got that fantastic scene in the cab when um, she just got that rec- the record deal, her career is about to take off, and he feels like shit because he's got nothing. That scene is just a fucking tour de force. Oh, that, that you were, they, they fight each other. That scene where they're... Yeah. Oh, yeah. you were talking about a different cab. I was talking about the the the... the, the the kissing scene where oh. where she the the, God, the, 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 the the yeah the physical comedy that she was emoting yeah when uh, he won't let her leave yeah and she's just like first she's like stretching her legs out and then her leg does that thing where it bends yeah, back what, what, yeah what, yeah was she was she enjoying the kiss was she not like it it was kind of, that that's but that's what I was getting at like I don't know uh, I didn't feel and and I think that's part of you know Scorsese's camera. A movie today would have it would have been shot obviously differently, not not uh, as wide or you know as far back as a lot of the Scorsese shots to let you try to see, you know, the whole thing. Like he never went in close to the kiss of her trying to get away and stuff. And at the whole time, the comedy of the cab driver just kind of sitting there, like looking back and, and everything. I mean, that really played to the scene. I mean, obviously it was supposed to be a funny scene, but I also felt uncomfortable because he just wouldn't let her go. Yeah. Where I think back, I think, you know, 40 years ago when this yeah. movie was made. Yeah. That probably got a lot ago, of... I think it was just a big laugh. It's yeah. just, you're, you're keeping a wide and the comedy's playing on the wide. Yeah. I don't know. That's the kind of scene where I think I might play that just in that wide. Yeah. And let it linger. Because I think you, but yeah, now you would shoot coverage of it so you could tighten it up in the edit. But you're talking about the other scene where he's driving and they're having an argument. It's kind of their final Physically scene. fighting in, yeah. this, in this car. And I, I think that um, that was the f- kind of the first time because I, I was a little off by the acting styles from De Niro versus um, you know Minnelli. Her, yeah, yeah, her her style. But I thought in that moment they kind of hit a chord that was like on even playing ground, and I thought she was really, really great and powerful, and it was heartbreaking that that scene. Uh, uh, and probably, in my in my opinion, the best written because uh, scene because just because of the, the the flip at the end where they're all of a sudden on the same 
they're, on, they're seeing eye to eye get to the hospital because she's in labor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it just starts with the ugliest of things he could say to her by saying, "Who? I didn't fucking want this baby. You, yeah. Who? Why did you want a baby? What are you stupid? You know, and they just go on. And it's just, yeah, it gets, it's, it's, I'd love to know how they shot. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's in the studio. You can tell yeah. that they're, they're blacking the windows out. But you got to feel like, I think just the way they set it up, they, they've probably got two cameras running. Mm-hmm. And they're just going for it. Also, the, 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 the stark contrast to the, like, the color palette of the rest of the movie, that all the characters are draped in in every single scene. And this one is just like, it's like a spotlight. Somebody with a spot, a harsh spotlight, just like going from like underexposed darkness to like fully like, uh, um, you know, overexposed in these characters. And, and the lights are constantly moving as the, you know, simulating the car moving. But it's, it's also helping the, you know, the, the, the tension, I guess, of the, of the, of the moment too, which is really great because that was kind of like, you know, from a director who's known for being raw and real, that was kind of like the most raw-y, real-y yeah. section of the movie. Yeah, that's a scene that I, I, I think, you know, uh, when you asked, you asked me before we started rolling, you know, do I like this movie? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think my answer is that there's a lot of moments that I really, really like. I, I like that scene. Yeah. That's a scene I can see myself returning to. Mm-hmm. Um, for reference, uh, and also just the way they do, um, they do some of these musical numbers. I really like. I've got a musical that I want to do, um, and when I say that, I haven't written it. <laughs> it's just a, a nugget awesome. of a thing, but it's something that I, I slowly uh, flirt with the idea of trying to figure out how the hell to do it. And and so I have this growing list of, of movie references. Um, and, and this will definitely be added to it because I think there's some stuff in it that they do that's really interesting because it's, it's also the kind of movie that it's, it's, it's weird to classify it as a musical because it is very grounded as a musical because none of the mu- it's, it's never a kind of thing where people just break out in the song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's more of a concert film in a way mm-hmm. where, and you know, Scorsese is about to do the last waltz right after this yeah. before he does Raging Bull. Um, and so you're just the only musical numbers are when when Liza Minnelli is performing on stage uh, so it keeps this that grounded reality to to the musical numbers as well mm-hmm. there's that great fucking it, it, right before that cab scene too where they, where they lose where they lose it you have that great moment when um, she she downs that glass of wine nine months pregnant yeah. uh, and then goes to see him on stage and he's just fucking giving it with the saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the anger that's coming through that. That's a beautiful moment. And and when she gets, she's walking up on stage. And he stands up. And yeah, like, and, but she's going to sing a song that they're, that they're playing and he just changes the song. Like, like he changes the tempo in the song completely. Well, it's, 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 it's him standing up and his defiance saying, this is my moment right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, how dare you come up here and try to, to invade my moment. Yeah. It's such a macho, shitty thing to do. It's great. It's great, great, great. <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, it's interesting. It's like, I, I, he, I mean, he's the villain of the movie. Absolutely. You know? And so that tracks. 
in a way when you think I mean she is the top billing of the movie too right you know she it's, it's she her name comes up first in the credits but uh, but I think it takes you the whole movie to realize that he's the bad guy um, because you're so used to you know yeah, in a movie like stuff. this well no not necessarily the star but, but you, I think in a movie like this you want you, you start off going oh I want to see them get together and be together and then you slowly start to realize oh it's, not like, it's not the kind of movie no I, I'm just saying but in a traditional kind of movie right, like this yeah, yeah. Where, where this where it starts off you know he's kind of a lovable schmuck uh, you kind of think you could watch this movie starting off going oh it's going to be about him getting his shit together mm-hmm. and then learning how to how to be in love mm-hmm. uh, but no it's about her kind of even though she starts off very strong with with the sense of who she is and what she's willing to put up with it's about her kind of coming into her own and realizing that she's not going to put up with this mm. anymore and she's gonna and I, you don't necessarily get a sense that she's gonna cut him out you also got a sense that even though he's been absent for the last six years the son didn't know who he was mm-hmm. so you you got a sense that this isn't the first time they've seen each other yeah, yeah, yeah. since the birth yeah. he's not as absentee and shitty of a father as you first think yeah, well, uh, yeah. According to that scene, because the the kid knows his dad, he recognizes him. Yeah. What did you do? Did you like it? Yeah, I did. What um, you know? What was neat was you know the setup it, it being right after the Second World War. You know, America's very fam- famously you know in their you know, the biggest prosperity of of the time, uh, and and then we you know with all those people cheering the end of the war and you know. Uh, it very quickly becomes like this, you know, we focus in on this guy and all this guy wants to do is take advantage of the everyone's party and he... he oh, he's he, so he, shitty. Yeah. He's using the same yeah. number, same line on all the girls. He's yeah. bouncing from hotel to hotel. But it's very, it's very much like he, he's he's the living embodiment of the jazz that he plays. He's just kind of like moving all over the place and never... never no really, rules. Yeah, no rules. No, no, like you can't anticipate what he what he's doing even he's he's such a shitty person but he never he never hits her or anything like that like like you think in a, in a movie nowadays with a similar character that there would be some like uh, uh, f- I mean he grabs her by the arm and doesn't let her go that type of stuff but he, does, he, he doesn't hit her like he's, he's he's playing against the expectation of what you think at all times are they good like are you uh, you know, is this romantic? Is this not romantic? You know, so it's it's very much playing all over the place, and I think I appreciate that. I don't think I fully understand it. Uh, I, I he's I, sensitive. Yeah, maybe he said yes. that off the top. Yes, exactly. Let him know I'm sensitive. <laughs> There's some great moments of comedy in this. There is, you know, there it's, is. it's it's um, one of his funnier films. Scorsese. Yes. But also De Niro giving it a really, you know, comedic performance coming off the taxi driver. It's like, you can almost feel like they, both him and Scorsese just needed to sh- just kind of like use this movie to wash taxi driver off. Yeah, maybe. But even like, maybe it's just because of this style of movies that I like or that I want to make. I, I mean, at least taxi driver, there's uh, as screwed up as it is. You, you do focus on, in on, uh, like, uh, character wants or what you know you're, you're the sympath- 
sympathetic character. You, you do, there are moments that you sympathize here in, in this one. I never found myself uh, like attaching myself to, to the characters. Uh, I mean, either I did, even Minnelli, even Liza Minnelli, because I didn't understand the 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 romance between the two. Like I didn't see what wooed her, what made her kept coming back. Um, I think it's. The, I think uh, if there is a thing, except for the the you know, it's the jazz of him. Yeah, is that you don't know what he's going to do or what he's going to come up with. Yeah, and, and that, and I think she saw the talent in him too, the way he saw it in her. Mm-hmm. Like that first that first time where they were playing in the club together, and she was, she, she, she Give definitely me. opened up a door for him to be able to have a second chance. Yeah, uh, like in his career, because he couldn't see past that. And we couldn't was, get his shit together. Yeah. So I mean, I saw that. I felt that, um, but I didn't feel that she wanted to be a part of that world. No, she takes off and then sends a little note, and then yeah. he tracks her down a little. He tracks her down, yeah, and then kind of forces himself upon her group, yeah, and and, for, and forces his way in, yeah. So it's kind of it's just so it does it, it is weird like it's not like a I don't know I mean it's it's, di- it's dated yeah and it's, but it's also a different like it's it's inspired by those 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 older th- those older movies you can tell you can tell that he he even shot it some like uh like that but like like his scorsese is is creeping in there with like the 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 switch pans uh the one thing that i noticed that i really like that i hadn't noticed before uh is particularly in this one normally when you dolly in for for a thing at least in Spielberg world, uh, it's a cut into a dolly movement. Whereas one thing that I noticed here is he would he would start with a wide shot, and and as the scene moves on, it would be a static shot. But then it all of a sudden it started moving in, so you, you you notice the movement a lot more rather than it being part of a cut or you know part of yeah. Well, that, and that's design. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, it's interesting because it was. Spielberg often follows the rule that movement, movement, movement begets movement. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll time his moves with a character shifting, shifting or moving. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. they're all, it's almost invisible. Yeah. and that's the one difference between uh, Spielberg and a lot of these filmmakers, where it's like um, someone like Scorsese wants you to notice that move or feel it. Yeah, where where it's coming, where Spielberg wants it to be invisible. You know, Spielberg is famous for wonders that people don't realize are wonders. Absolutely. Because they're moving around and drifting around. It's also land choice, and you were right. I mean, this one is, is all, all wide angle. Like, it's, you, you hiccup on a wide angle camera, you, it lends and you see it. Like, it's just, the movement is so crisp, though, too. It's like, it, you don't see, like, little adjustments or anything. It's, oh, no. And it's in the done. middle of a jazz, you know, a jazz band playing. So, it's like... We were talking uh, during the movie. It's like, like, what if that camera movement wasn't crisp? Does that mean you have to start over again? Like, probably get, get the whole band to start that whole, jet, you know, that whole thing all over again. Yeah, who knows? Or do you just keep running? It's like, we'll just get it in the next take. <laughs> no idea. No idea. I can't ima- even imagine what the the production schedule on a movie like this would be. Right. You know, they probably like that, that opening scene in that ballroom is uh, almost twenty minutes long. How do you feel about like at the end where it just goes off into like Broadway? You know, she's like 
all of a sudden she's acting. But that's the difference too. It's like every other song in the movie, both beginning and even New York, New York at the end, uh, it, she as a character, she was singing as like her character in the movie, but then all of a sudden she was an actor on, uh, you know, on like this Broadway, at least that's what I got from it, you know, uh, she was Broadway thing. Yeah, she was playing a person who became a Broadway star. Yeah. In a movie. And, and, and that musical sequence, which didn't really have anything to do with... It's a movie with... It's a play within a movie within a movie. Yeah, it's totally. And I would... That, that, because she was never an actor. She wasn't an actor. She was a singer. Like, it just... It, didn't, it felt weird from a... You know, to be oh. taken out of a movie and put into a Broadway play, it just felt like, oh, we have Liza Minnelli. Let's yeah, yeah. Let's do. Well, uh, it almost felt like, like you got two repeat beats there. You got that whole montage of her movie, um, and then you also get that um, her doing New York, New York. Yeah. Which I think now you would combine them into one thing. Or you or one would. Well, like the New York, New York, I feel is is. Is a proper advancement of her character from the beginning of the movie. I just felt that that, that I, I don't know what else to call it other than the Broadway scene at the beginning where she's like, she's the, you know, she meets the producer. Yeah, you don't need that whole Broadway sequence. Yeah, the, the whole so. sequence of him, of her in that movie, other than uh, the bit of Jimmy seeing her. Yeah. But you could have done that anyway. So, but yeah. Yeah, so was that you like know. meta? Was that supposed to be like a meta thing to, to let us know that she became a big thing? Yeah, but I think it's also just Scorsese really wanted to play within the MGM world. Yeah. And just wanted to do those big fancy shots that you get from stuff like Singing in the Rain. Absolutely. That's, that's all that is. Yeah. That's just him jerking off all over the, the movie. <laughs> and he's supposed to let him jerk off. That's yeah. his thing. You know, let him do it. Yeah. But I think that's all that is. That's just him. He's got Liza Minnelli. He's got... A great DP, a great production designer. He's got the money to do so. Well, the this is the kind of th- these are the kind of films that he grew up on loving. Yeah. Of course, he's going to do that. Yeah. It's just that's where I, I would argue, and I'm I'm a I'm a lover of big long movies. I don't mind them at all, mm-hmm. especially when they draw you in and they hold you, which which this one does for quite a bit of it. But there's scenes like that that. There is a level of indulgence that this movie has. <laughs> a level. Well, no, it's the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> pretty indulgent from the beginning, yeah. No, but it's also um, it's a love letter. You know, this Absolutely. movie is a love letter, and you look at just the color palette of this movie. Oh my god, isn't it crazy? The, the way he's mixing colors, and you notice that I never noticed it before. You notice it in one scene when they're sitting down at at dinner or something that the color tones on him and her are different. Absolutely, like yeah. He's, he's He was warm, warm and she was, she was uh, cold. She had blue lighting on her. Just then, a hint of it, though. And then, and, and then later on, after, yeah, she gets up and she goes off to the other side of the room to do some packing or whatever, and it, it lets you see the window that was lighting her. And, and that whole side of the room was, like, that night that cool. cold. Yeah. yeah. But, then, but then just the way he mixes colors in this, too, there's that great scene in the one nightclub that's all red. Mm. Someone even says something about, just stay, we'll get a suntan. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it he goes to that green, he goes into that green room. hallway. Yeah, like what is, and that we never saw that before until that one moment, until the camera like pans, le- he gets up off the table, 
he pans right, and then all of a sudden, like, where did that room come from? Yeah, and then he's yeah. kicked out down this hallway of light bulbs that he's smashing people into. Yeah, I love, I love it. He's like just kicking light bulbs. Uh, not only kicking, but he's like pushing people into them, and they're breaking. What those are, are not safety, like light bulbs. No, those are real. Those yeah. are real light bulbs. Yeah. The um, the part where she's singing in uh, in the studio, uh, and she's. Uh, uh, and the light cell and the light, shift, and the then light pushes into her. Yeah, I say that's something that I love that Scorsese uh, Scors- does, and I'm sure other people do it. I don't know, um, like before Scorsese, I'm sure it's like just a, it's a it's a throwback to those older musicals where people are on lighting grids, like yeah, they're doing tra- and they're stuff doing like the that. transition, yeah, in, in camera. camera. I love that. Is that the first time that Scorsese? Did that because it was it wasn't as smooth as 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 in other like no it took films. a while and it started to be gradual no I love that kind of stuff too I tried doing something like that in my new movie and then we ended up cutting the scene mm. but because uh, everyone was like you can get to these things quicker I was like but I have my fancy in camera yeah. transition you bastards yeah, I love uh, that. yeah I don't know I don't know that he has done this another. Like beforehand, I mean, he did he did it in, in Raging Bull. He did it in The Aviator. Um, so those are all far after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in The Aviator, he does. Is it the same one? There's this great one in. Do you ever seen Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Mm-hmm. That great yeah, one oh, where yeah. it pushes on a rock well with the game show, and then it pulls back. Yeah. And there's uh you can you can look on the the making of the DVD how they do that, and it's on a rotating set. Yeah. I love even camera stuff like that, and yes, that movie so is full of it. So, so movie fans, if you haven't seen uh, George Clooney's directorial debut, which is um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which stars Sam Rockwell, written by Charlie Kaufman, it's amazing. It's a fantastic. It's yeah. a really fun, great movie. I love it. But if nothing else, it's just a great movie. It's also a throwback to movies like this too. But that movie is just full of these great stagings. And the way it's directed is just really, really phenomenal. Yeah. Highly um, And, and theatric in, in a way. Light in camera stuff that, you know, people just don't do in movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, I, so you didn't love Liza Minnelli in this. You thought she was a bit broad? I just, I thought, it's not that I didn't l- like her. I just felt that... Uh, I didn't understand the the tone and why she and uh, of uh, like the tone of acting like there it's like all the um, quote unquote bit parts were on a different level from De Niro which was on a different level from her and it just felt like there is uh, the this mismatch uh, tone in terms of in terms of um, you know, uh, in terms of acting you know De Niro was very. Uh, Hyper real, you know, stuttering. He's not. You get the sense that he's going outside the lines, and yeah. and, and uh, I mean, and she is like. There was this one scene at the beginning. First of all, I loved her how she was introduced. Like the first page of her dialogue was the word no, 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 no. I know, no, 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 no. And yeah, I love stuff like that. And, and but again, it's very theatrical. I think she can deal with that. But it's there's. I remember this one thing where she, she they're having a dialogue back and forth, and he jumped her line, and I think she didn't know 
I don't know. I don't know any of the behind the scenes stories, but I feel like like her, her, the way that she just like looked back at him was very realistic and like didn't know what to do next yeah. in a way. But that I didn't feel that that relationship. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the rest of the movie. To be fair, um, I think it's just one of Scorsese's weaknesses as a filmmaker. I mean, he's not particularly known as being warm. Right. You know, yeah. uh, you don't necessarily walk away from many Scorsese films with an inert, you know, really deep connection, I think, to these characters. You're what about co- you're, Hugo? <laughs> sure. I, mean, you know what I, mean? I think you're meant to be, and this is not like, I, I'm a, I love his films, yeah. but I think, you know, you're always meant to be at a bit of an emotional distance from these characters mm. because he makes movies about people that are hard to be around. Mm. You know, uh, and I think so. That's the cha- and that's fine for most of his movies because um, you're not necessarily meant to relate. Although I, I shouldn't say you're not meant to relate to these people because you you I think he does a good job of making these people humans, mm-hmm. uh, and and you understand their challenges. But in terms of just like really getting emotionally connected, uh, I don't think that's necessarily something he's striving to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually, but the danger is by making a movie like this, where that is the kind of thing you're expecting, um, it it takes away from it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a that's a really good point, and, and I think yeah, the musical genre or like of the the, the MGM golden age, uh, I think is a good kind of mask. You go into this movie thinking one thing, and it's totally slaps you in the face. Um, but but different. yeah, no, it, it never bothered me the kind of like the 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 slightly different tones of acting. For some reason, I felt like they they fit or they made them fit, mm-hmm. even though you wouldn't expect, you know, Liza Minnelli and De Niro to headline in a movie together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of an odd pairing, mm-hmm. and and honestly, it's like, you know, what I love about Liza Minnelli in this is just the fact that she's in this because mm-hmm. I think today. You know, I think today the the Liza Minnelli of of the present is probably not a big superstar mm-hmm. because she never got discovered because she doesn't have that typical look, right, right, that that we're expecting. You know, and 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 luckily we're we're moving away from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're people are we're, we're back to that idea of like no talent begets talent, yeah. uh, and and that's how it works. We I was for the first time in like a decade I think. My wife and I were, were keeping up with American Idol this, this season. And the girl that won it, um, Maddie Pop, Poppy, uh, is like the opposite of what you expect. Great. You know, she's real just, you know, fantastic little kind of folk singer. Cool. That's got, Good. got like a real, she looks like a regular human being. You know, she's gorgeous in her own way. Um, and, and, not to say that, she, and I don't mean that to say that she's like unattractive and, and gorgeous or anything. Like she's she from I had the biggest crush on her, but part of it was just because she was the, so talented, uh, and she was my type. Cool. <laughs> just in the sense that I'm like you, you've got something about you. You've got a voice, um, and so seeing her win that was really, really beautiful and charming. And and if you're not an American Idol fan, I encourage you anyway, go on YouTube, type in her name, and there's a great um, clip someone put together of her top 10 performances. Cool. And I dare you to not fall in love with this woman. 
I fell in love with Phil Phillips. That was the last time I watched <laughs> American Idol. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I. Uh, why are we talking about American Idol? But yeah. No, but it, but it relates back to the idea that I think like someone like she she reminded me of like Eliza Minnelli. Oh, cool. Uh, just in the sense that it's like I felt like a really real person who is not your traditional beauty, um, but mm. it just oozes talent. And I think that, uh, you know, it's just really nice to see, you know, her headlining a movie at this point in time. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's one of the things that uh, normally, like, uh, like, uh, like in Casino or any other Scorsese movie, the Scorsese has a, this amazing ability to, uh, like, to have the female actors be very powerful. Um, and... Uh, uh, I I felt that Liza Minnelli, like her reactions to um, Robert De Niro, were so genuine and quiet that I enjoyed that. Like uh, De Niro was very big and boisterous, and I felt that in a normal um, Scorsese movie, you'd have uh, the actor paired to that. Would be would would show some tension or uh, battle against within the scene uh, to try to have that more of that power struggle, and and her performance, uh, it it had a power because she, it was incredibly silent with her you know her big eyes the way that she would never look away from him until until there was kind of like an an, an awkward silence. I like that. I think yeah. that's. That that's that kind of stuff was great. You don't see that sort of stuff anymore, I don't think. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's and I just want to be clear: it's not that I didn't like uh, uh, her performance. I just I just, I just didn't I didn't understand the tone. She yeah. comes from. She's like the tone uh, that you get going into these bigger um, proscenium arch movies, and he's a tone. Of your your typical Scorsese, yeah, and it was just a weird kind of mix. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't disagree. And I, and I, again, I think that, you know, for for whatever reasons, this isn't necessarily. If someone were to say, "Hey, top of your head, name ten Scorsese movies," mm-hmm. most people are probably not mentioning this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it not that because they don't like it because it, I think it's just one of those ones that. Uh, is kind of an afterthought, right. uh, or people just don't think about when they when they think about his films. You know, I'd probably be guilty of that as well, even though uh, I, I do like this movie and I haven't. But I also haven't gone back to revisit it the way I have other movies of his either. Mm-hmm. Part of it might be the the, the length. <laughs> it's a long movie. Right? It's a long movie. It's two hours it's and forty three minutes. Yeah. Any any final thoughts? No, man. Um, I'm no, I uh, no final thoughts on this. I, I I thought this was great. It was, I mean, I'd never seen it before. I felt kind of guilty that I've never seen this movie before. There's still other Scorsese movies that I haven't seen. Which ones? I haven't seen King of Comedy. Oh, yeah, I really want to see that, particularly with you know De Niro R- being Rupert Pupkin uh, being uh, being put into the Joker movie or rumored to be coming into the. Well, he's the, producing. Yeah, he's he's in the the new um, Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Who is De Niro? 
Oh, and so I didn't know De Niro. I didn't. I missed that casting. Yes, yeah, and so there was a there was a thing about. Uh, I knew Scorsese was producing. Uh, the Joker movie. He is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Todd Phillips is is directing yeah. and writing. Yeah, yeah. It's just an interesting group of people. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, um, so I you know, King Comedy came up earlier uh, because of that, and I was like, oh, well, I haven't seen that. And then when you were coming to town, I was like, well... Yeah, you mentioned one or the other. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I couldn't... I didn't... For some reason, I don't have a copy of that one. I really like, though. It's, it's cool to go back. I mean, I, I enjoy watching long movies and trying to let the cinema kind of, like, wash over you. And particularly the love of, uh, of color and, and lens mo- and camera movement is something that I'm a huge fan of. And uh, this, this movie, it kind of feels like it's at the beginning of that controlled cinematic uh, language that he that he you know later on is just like a, like a, a master of mm-hmm. you know leaving the leaving the, the on gritty, the streets yeah. handheld uh, need to tell the story uh, kind of mindset to a more controlled um, beat by beat musical beat by beat yeah well this one just uh, you know screams money like this is you know he's coming off a taxi driver mm-hmm. this is clearly probably the first time people were just saying whatever you need yeah, get, yeah. whatever you need you can do it he's, he's now earned that right uh, the dream yeah yeah <laughs> one day one day when uh, yeah well thanks for thanks for hopping over mm-hmm. thanks thank you it's fun Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us from New York, New York. And another reminder that if you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy. Go to Facebook for Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to us. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.